More on the modern parable. This is part three. There are links available for the first two parts, and there'll be one more part coming after this one next week. Rocky soils are as distinctive as hardened paths crisscrossing a field. Rocky soils aren't always marked by boulders sticking up above the soil surface because they might be underlain by or threaded through with stones of various sizes. Thus, rocky soils can easily be stumbling grounds for those who walk upon them, be it the farmer or her neighbors. Similarly, my sin isn't contained to just hurting me, but anyone in the path of my words, actions, thoughts, or choices resulting from my stony sins pushing their way to the surface of the soil of my soul. The soil particles themselves in rocky soils are often rich with nutrients or of good pH because of their nearness to the rocks under or within them. Yet the soil environment in a rocky soil itself is not good ground because it is often shallow or only occurring in small disconnected pockets unable to sustain crop growth and development. This is because of inadequate space, air, water, or nutrient exchange capacity present in a shallow or pocketed soil. Hence the description in Matthew, in Matthew 13 of the seeds quickly sprouting up but then dying in the rocky soil. However, rocky soils can be very productive with a lot of hard work. Evidence of this principle can be seen in those fertile fields bordered by stone fences common to Kentucky. Such stone fences are made up of the stones dug up and hauled out from the fields they surround. The native limestone parent material of those fertile bluegrass soils produce that distinctive deep blue of the calcium and magnesium rich thick Fescue grass essential for those healthy racehorses with strong bones. When we lived in Kentucky, I used to love to drive those rural roads and see the weathered stone fences bordering lush bluegrass pastures, dotted with happily grazing beautiful long-legged thoroughbred mamas and their babies. Yet yeah, that was before I knew the story of these fences. These stone fences are also referred to as slave fences because they were often built in pre-Civil War days by slaves tasked to make unused rocky soil fields ready for plowing and planting. The stones had to be removed so the plow blade could cut into the soil for planting without being broken or bent by the stones. Then trash became treasure in that stone removal, not only made a field ready for plowing, the stones were free, available, and good solid material for fence building to keep in livestock and keep out neighbors. Fields like these can be pictures of people with rocky soil souls. Such people are receptive to the word and the Holy Spirit, but only in small pockets open to obedience or for short periods of time when the seeds spring up until the next life storm or trial comes along and washes them away. Just like easily weathered limestone parent materials, the soil of their souls are not built on a foundation of solid rock faith, but are littered with pieces of hard and stony truth left over after life-changing events. Rocky soil souls and lives might even be characterized as shiny or healthy in places rich with potential for growth, as seen from a distance by those just driving by. Rocky soil soul people yearn for purpose and planting with fullness of harvest and are encouraged by the glimpses of bright seeds popping up in little places. However, they often don't realize that they are slaves to self and thus can't see the need for the hard work of submitting to the Holy Spirit's work in their lives to make the soil of their souls ready for planting. They fail to see the necessity of going through the soil of their soul and pulling out those pebbles of pride, boulders of business, and stones of selfishness, which easily bend or break the plow blade, plow blade of Scripture's conviction on our souls. 
They don't realize the need for putting in strong, well-defined border fences around their lives to keep in right choices and keep out neighboring temptation. Farmers of rocky soils also know that well that digging up and hauling out of stones from their fields isn't just a one-time event. As soils weather or erode, more and more rocks of all sizes come to the surface. Similarly, more and more sins come to the surface of my life as Christ supplies more of his living water to my life. I want to think that these stony sins are one-time events, but in reality, they're just pieces broken off an underlying bedrock of pride that gets closer to the surface as more pain comes or trials persist. Only my cornerstone Christ is able to take the stones out of my life and make good ground from the dust that remains. Only he is strong enough for making good ground of the soil of my soul with its demands of constant monitoring, stony sin removal, and rebuilding of the walls for the protection of that which he created for his glory and the good of his people. Only he can unearth those long-buried memorial stones from past Jordan rivers of God's deliverance, and use them to remind me of his faithfulness and provision, even if it seems my world is being eroded away. Thanks be to God, he can and he He can do all that is needed for making of the soil of my soul to be good soil for his purpose. And he'll do the work if I let him. Thank you, God, that you don't just promise good. You make good on every promise you make. Promise keeper, please do your good work even now in the soil of my soul for your glory and the good of your people. For more on this modern parable, read Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus tells the story of the seed, the soil, and the sower. Trust me, no one can tell a story like Jesus can. And the truth and love sown throughout his stories can enrich the soil of a soul far better than anything else. Stay tuned for one more excerpt from Good Ground Volume 2 next week. And then stay tuned for obtaining the entire book of Good Ground Volume 2 coming very soon. It'll be available to purchase from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other book distributors, just like you can buy Good Ground Volume 1 right now. As always, thank you for reading, listening, commenting, encouraging, and most of all, praying. Thank you also for sharing this post and this blog with others who might be encouraged by what you've seen here, too. You can sign up to follow the blog on the link enclosed. Written by and copyrighted to Beth Madison, Ph.D., 2022.